honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Welcome back to another Timberwolves Explosion episode here on a Friday morning, at least in my case. Thank you for joining me once again. Well... Timberwolves went 2-2 two and two this week. Uh, that's about what I predicted, but a little flip-flop. Timberwolves beat the Clippers in a spectacular game by Andrew Wiggins, and then a lose to Portland. So a little flip-flop job, but as predicted, Andrew Wiggins had an awesome week. Except the Warriors game, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Carl did great in the Warriors game. We'll talk about that. Of course, that's the fourth game. Probably the briefest game review there because, you know, it's just the same old story. They hit a billion threes and we lost. Whatever, you know, that's all it ever is, so spectacular. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, great week against Toronto and the Clippers, and even had a put, put in a decent game against Portland, but became a shrinking violet in the second half, and that's kind of the way it went, unfortunately. Uh, so that's the case. Well, the Minnesota Timberwolves now have two All-Stars for the first time in a while, quite a while, uh, since the 2004 team where Sam Castell and Kevin Garnett made the All-Star Club back in the day where the Timberwolves made the playoffs for the last time and the Wolves now the number three seed and Kawhi Leonard is uh, out of the picture for a while. So things looking bright for the Timberwolves. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler on their way. No Jimmy Butler all week. Uh, Jimmy Butler had some pretty interesting stuff to say going into the uh, the weekend. And Andrew Wiggins definitely uh, took... <laughs> Definitely took it to heart and apparently really showed what he could do. So very exciting in that sense. Uh, let's listen to what Mr. Uh, Jimmy Butler had to say. Um, and, you know, that's winners. So, you know, you got you to gotta have it. At this point, you're the best player on this team. Tips calls you an MVP caliber player. Are you, are you the most talented? Who, me? Yeah. Hell no, Wiggs is. is Wiggs is the most talented by far. Like, I see him do things. I'm just like, wow. Like, how? And the crazy part is, that was at 40%. Like, just think if you was at 80. Or what if you just go as hard as you can? 100. Um, Wiggs is easily the most talented person on this team. Will he get there? So, yeah. What could you have done with that? I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. Because <laughs> I don't got that. I don't got that. I can only be who I am. I'm not Wiggs. Pretty spectacular. So there it is. And this was, of course, before the uh, Clipper game with 40 points. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had scored 29 against Toronto the night before. So this was, I believe, Sunday with Jerry Zagoda of the Star Tribune. Thank you, Star Tribune, for that. Uh, and Jerry Zagoda, nice video there. There was another clip somewhere where Butler was saying, I'm going to help him get there, I believe. Uh, and, well, yes, he, he's definitely been doing that. You're noticing a Butler effect. Uh, Butler's blessing, Butler effect. I don't know. Should I, I'm, I'm debating back and forth what to call this episode. I've been calling it Butler's Blessing. I may go back to the Butler effect because there's there, there was negative at the beginning, it seemed like. Players were kind of deferring to each other. Nobody seemed to be gaining much of a chemistry. It seemed like Wiggins' numbers were down, Towns' numbers were down, Butler's numbers were down, and the team wasn't doing so hot, the defense, this and that. Oh, you saw the defense take a, take a dump this week. Nobody was under 100 points this week including Toronto. Uh, Kyle Lowry went eight bleep with a 40-point game, this and that. Blake Griffin had a huge game. Damian Lillard had a big game, and the Warriors, the whole big three, made about 19,000 three-pointers. Yeah, so uh, the defense, not the best. Uh, you got to see the Northern Lights jerseys against Toronto, which was fun, and the Aurora Borealis jerseys were uh, very much uh, in play uh, and very much giving the Wolves a victory. Andrew Wiggins playing well against his uh, hometown club there. In the target center, of course, Carl Anthony Towns leading the NBA in double doubles. He's been downright awesome, about 40 on the season, 22 and 10 in this one. Just barely got it, but he got it. <laughs> he got it. Uh, Andrew Wiggins showing that spin move, showing the dunks, posterizing players in the game. 29 points, 50% of his shots in there. 
In fact, slightly over that, uh, made all of his free throws. So, okay, the three per free throw percentage continues to climb during the course of the season. Now, after an awful month of January, where Andrew was at a dismal 55%, he's about 70 now. So, okay, uh, Jeff Teague, a shrinking violet-type performance. The last couple games here, terrible game against Toronto, at least offensively in the scoring category. Did manage to get 10 assists, but it helps when Andrew's cutting to the basket and making Jordan-esque-type dunks on occasion. And a little bit of that Dominique Wilkins spin move, which I've missed very much during the course of time. When you, all you see is him settling for long twos rather than showing some of that aggressiveness. It's kind of a bummer where somebody has to be out, in, in uh, Jimmy Butler's case. Somebody who's slightly important to the offense with a sore knee all week. Um, that you're going to see more aggressiveness in Wiggins. This needs to happen anyway. Uh, the positive is, well, like say somebody like Butler, who you think if in the past, you know, somebody like that's out, you're screwed. You're going to go like 0-4, 1-3 if you're lucky during the course of a week like this, but you see some spectacular performances along the way. Carl and Andrew, especially Andrew, picking things up in a big way. At the shooting guard position, as you saw, Nermanya Bielitsa start this week at the small forward position, and he did a good job. Um, he did good. He's improved. He's starting to look like the Nermanya we saw at the beginning of the season, which, again, watch out that it's a contract year. You never know about that. But, hey, solid performance. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad has returned to the rotation. Good for him. Seven points off the bench. Tyus Jones, very solid. Nine points for assists. Gorgie, his usual nine-ish or so. Marcus George's Hunt filling in nicely in Jamal Crawford's stead, though he didn't shoot particularly well, still managed to get 12 points off the bench, though, in 30 minutes. Very extended minutes for Marcus George's Hunt. Not the best player, that's for sure, but, hey, you know, he's okay. Jamal Crawford and uh, Jimmy Butler out. <clears throat> Crawford not feeling well, and Jimmy Butler, again, the sore knee. He hasn't really been, uh, <clears throat> his, his knee's been bugging him probably for a little while now. But, uh, yeah, he's been, he, he missed the whole week. Hopefully he's been healed up during the course of time, and we'll see him back out there. The talk is he'll be back very soon. But a nice, solid win for the Wolves, ultimately the final score. 115-109 in Target Center, an overall fun game. Uh, Kyle Lowry scared the crap out of us as Toronto... Just kept, he kept Toronto in the game, 6-10 from downtown, 14-25 overall. He was just making threes like crazy down the stretch, particularly in the second half. Uh, DeMar DeRozan contributed 20 points, but Kyle Lowry doubled that with 40, a season high for him. And Andrew Wiggins, 29, was a season high, which tells you it's been a quiet year for Andrew Wiggins, but you'll see a much better season high in the following game, kind of in the Kyle Lowry level. Yeah, Kyle Lowry level. Uh, I guess Lowry's pissed off that we didn't sign him and he showed up Jeff Teague in a pretty big way as the Wolves chose Jeff Teague over Kyle Lowry due to age and, and uh, cost, I suppose, in Kyle Lowry's case. As Kyle Lowry cost about twice as much as Jeff Teague at the end of the day. Longer contract and, of course, a lot more money involved, even though Jeff Teague is pretty wealthy after the contract he signed this summer. So now we move on to Clipperland. Woohoo! Uh, Clippers have been playing spectacular of late, and they still played well in this game. Wolves end up winning 126-118. The defense continuing to struggle, the perimeter defense, but the Wolves offense so good that it kind of sort of didn't matter. Uh, you saw wonderful play from Andrew Wiggins in this one. 40 points. You saw a lot of what you saw in the Toronto game, but a little bit better. More aggressive, more uh, three-pointers and all that. Andrew Wiggins, an overall awesome game. Andrew Wiggins absolutely on a tear in this one. 40 points at the end of the day. 16 of 28 from the floor. 3 of 7 from downtown. Jeff Teague really took control late in the game, though, getting to the basket and attacking like crazy. 16 of 17 at the line. As he kept the Wolves ahead despite the Clippers scoring like crazy. Jeff Teague, 30 points. Season high for him. Again, 16 of 17 from the line. I'd like to see a little more of that from Andrew Wiggins. He did make 5 of 8, but again, that's almost 50% again. So struggling at the free throw line still. From Andrew Wiggins. Now, Blake Griffin with a crucial turnover late as he just kept that Clippers team in this one. He was hitting from the outside, attacking the basket time and time again as the Wolves defense just really disappeared this week. You saw frustrations from some guys like Shabazz Muhammad and such as Blake Griffin was able to get to the basket easily off of some backdoor passes. 32 points from Blake Griffin. Shot quite a few too many three-pointers, though. Two of eight from downtown, so we appreciate that. Lou Williams is their leading scorer, and he doesn't even start. It's pretty funny. He's having an awesome season. Borderline all-star level. 20.7 assists off the bench, which is kind of weird. But then again, he plays more than the starter. So who the heck is Tyrone Law uh, Wallace and Milos? <sighs> yeah, Ted Josich. I don't know. I don't know who they are. They're just on the Clippers, and they, they're they okay. They're, they're okay. They're, they're rotation players that happen to be starting, I guess. And uh, good for them. Um, 
It's Willie Reed, not Willis Reed, by the way. Uh, yeah, but you get the idea. Willis Reed, obviously, just a little bit in the past there, about 40 years in the past. Uh, entertaining game, in a sense. Obviously, this was NBA TV, Monday fast break, all that. And there was a lot of fast breaking on both sides. Andrew Wiggins cutting to the basket and all that. Beautiful feet from Carl Anthony Towns down the stretch. And the Wolves finally wearing their road uniforms again. <laughs> but then again, see, that's what's going on. We'll talk about that on Twitter. Has, I guess... The NBA with uh, Nike has pretty much eliminated road in a way. Just the home team decides what's going to happen at the end of the day. Who wears what? So whatever. It is what it is. And I guess, uh, well, I think you should wear home white at home. But uh, occasional, you know, you want to wear your third jerseys, this and that. Nothing wrong with that, I suppose. Uh, Nemanja, 18 points, starting at the small forward position. He had a pretty solid week starting. And good for him. I mean, it's nice as he believes to do well. I could see him starting for a Clipper-type team or something. Just just saying. Not saying he's... I, I, I want him to leave, but just saying he's capable of starting in this league, I suppose. and Just not in a major role. Very, very fun game. Now, seeing Andrew Wiggins do what we believe he can do. Just drive to the basket, be aggressive, be clutch. And then Jeff Key, it was wonderful to see him put the clamps down at the end of the day. At least put the boot on the throat, so to speak, when it came to the Clippers. Getting to the line, making the free throws. And again, Blake Griffin, crucial mistake late with a double dribble. I don't know what he was thinking. He dribbled, stopped, and dribbled. So, whoops, as he was picking up a turnover from the Timberwolves. It ended up being a crucial and costly mistake. Ended up pretty much putting a dagger in his own club. So, thank you, Blake Griffin, for that. Let's continue on after a very, very fun, entertaining game with the Clippers. Again, 126-118. 118 points given up. But I suppose it's in the Clipper land. And, of course, the Los Angeles Clippers have been playing spectacular. Though I'd rather say Los Angeles for the Lakers because that's Chick Hearn. And Vince Germano has endorsed that very much. He uh, apparently likes when I say that. And I love saying it. I've been saying it for a while, off and on. And I finally realized, <laughs> revealed why I'd been saying Los Angeles. It's Chick Hearn, as he used to say. So the Wolves go to the, well, at least go north a little bit. Go north, young man, up to Portland, and then back down to Golden State, or should we say Oakland or Oracle Arena, whatever it is. 123-114, the defense is back to sucking. And the, the Timberwolves offense, not quite as good as you'd like down the stretch. Uh, Andrew Wiggins started up well in this one, and then was a shrinking violet down the stretch, and that's too bad. Uh, Jeff Teague, again, not the best game. I thought he was going to have a huge game. It'd be similar to the Clipper game in this one. Not so good. Uh, Crawford, very awesome against his former team. This was his four-point play, number 59 of his career. Is a guy who gets quite a few of those. Uh, Jimmy Butler's had a number of them this year as well. Wiggins still shot well, but the aggressiveness disappeared in this game, which was disappointing. He only got to the line once, and he missed them both. Mm. Uh, Teague made all seven of his free throws, which was very helpful, of course. Crawford, again, 19 points off the bench. Seven of nine from the floor. I uh, would have liked to see Gorgie Zhang get more minutes in this one, re really, because, you know, Todd Gibson, well, he, he had an okay game. He wasn't rebounding that well. As Portland just always, you know, they always seem to out-rebound the Wolves. Carl did not get a double-double, so that streak is over. Only nine rebounds in the game. Six of nine from the floor. Confused as to some of the shot selection and such in this game. Uh, Tyus Jones, two of seven off the bench. Carl Anthony Towns, only nine shot attempts. Teague, 12, and he shot poorly. It's always the guys that are shooting poorly that get more attempts. Nelmania, four of 11. I mean, it, it was frustrating to see. Gorgie, only four attempts. He made 75%, you know? So, I don't understand some of this. Uh, Shabazz was solid in the short time he was out there, but it's nice to see that he's been getting minutes in just about every game. Though, of course, this one down the stretch when the Wolves appeared to pretty much be done in the game. An awful third quarter. 43 points, season high for the Portland Trailblazers. They made everything and some. <sighs> CJ McCollum, and of course, yeah, same old, same old. Damian Lillard, another Steph Curry impersonation in this game. 6-11 from downtown. It's like nobody was on him the whole game. It was terrible. McCollum, 4 of 5. Uh, 4 of 5 from downtown. Just brutal. 28 points. So, big surprise here. The guys combined for 59 points in the game. Big surprise. These guys always torch the Timberwolves from downtown, though the Wolves' success rate over Portland has been a little better of late, but you got to figure they're going to lose one of the games in Blazerland, so hopefully the Wolves can uh, rebound and end up still winning the series three games to one. They would have clinched it, but uh, not not yet. Uh, the Wolves still have a nice uh, lead in the division, though, and in the uh, NBA playoff seeding over the Blazers. So that's the good side of things, as the Wolves build a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful build a beautiful cushion between the two teams the last few weeks. So very helpful since the last uh, time these two clubs played. 
Jimmy Butler, some spectacular performance in those. And, of course, Jeff Teague threw in a pretty good one. A decent game, kind of, but not really. At least he got to the free-throw line, and that's kind of about it. Wiggins solid, but the defense awful down the stretch. And other guys in this game, like Carl Anthony Towns, Gorgie Zhang, could have been more field goal attempts from them. I don't know. But then again, the whole game you're running, trying to keep up with the Blazers as they're launching threes and nailing them time and time again. Yuck. So this was not the best game. Uh, 123-114, in a lot of ways, a typical Wolves-Blazers game the last several years, at least since Damian Lillard's been there. (laughs) And an even more typical one as we head to Oracle Arena on the 25th of January, of course, 24th the night before, 22nd, Monday the 22nd against the Clippers, and Sunday the 20th against Toronto, Saturday the 20th, pardon me, against Toronto. As, of course, we all know what happened to the Vikings on Sunday. Bad. (laughs) Very bad. Uh, worse than the Warriors game, I'd say. Uh, 126-113. Wolves lose by 13. It felt like more. Uh, the Warriors, interesting third jerseys, I'd have to say. I kind of like them. And you see a little bit of that uh, little red that you saw back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I didn't like the logo change at the time, back when, say, Joe Smith first was uh, a, a rookie or second year with the with the Warriors and Spreewell was in his final years there before he got in big trouble. Uh, you're seeing, yeah, you're seeing kind of a harken back to that jersey. As, of course, the current uh, regular Warriors jerseys are harkening back to the good old days, like 80s and 90s, so to speak, when uh, Tim Hardaway and uh, many other players, Chris Mullen, were there in those days when things were pretty exciting for the Warriors, but they weren't winning a whole lot of uh, championships or anything. They were just scoring a lot, kind of like this team, uh, weaker version, we'll say. (laughs) But, yeah, you're seeing that, that red stripe again that you saw late 90s, early 2000s, and that's about it. That's about the highlight of the game, I'd have to say for myself. Crawford had 21 points off the bench, to be fair. That's pretty solid and good, you know, and he shot over 50%. Very sharp shooting night for Jamal Crawford coming back from injury and illness. Uh, Jeff Teague was okay, too, 17-7, but again, the defense just non-existent, and the Warriors, I mean, they pass the ball around faster than anybody else, and they make every shot they shoot, and it's whatever. Carl Anthony Towns was the main positive in this one. 31 and 11. Wiggins is almost non-existent. Four of 18 from the floor. He was clanging everything. He'd kind of gone back to the old settle for stupid long two-point shots. Uh, did Carl Anthony Towns steal away the Alpha Wolf Award from Andrew Wiggins? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but this was the kind of game where he could lose that type of award. Uh, four of 18 in a game when you need offense, you need something, you need aggressiveness, and you're not getting it. When the Wolves beat the Blazers, uh, the, the Warriors, pardon me, they attacked the basket, and that's not what happened in this game, other than Carl Anthony Towns, who did that mostly, but he played close to the basket a lot of the time. Uh, one of five from downtown, though, a bit too much for my liking. Again, whenever somebody's not making their threes, it seems like their attempts are higher, and it's frustrating. It's like they're trying to come out of the slump, but you're missing shots and giving the ball back to the other team, and yeah, oftentimes you might give up a fast break, and it's just... Uh, that's where the frustration sets in. When you're not shooting well from downtown and you keep forcing it up, it's just, mm. even if it is just a catch and shoot, your shot's not falling. Come on, you know, just stay close to the basket. Keep to what's working. And yeah, that's kind of what type of game this was other than that Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? As it was just uh, three-pointer after three-pointer this entire game. I mean, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I hate it. Uh, 21 of 37. from downtown from the Warriors. They shot better from three-point range than their overall field goal percentage in the game, 54%. That's ridiculous. Almost as high as their freaking free throw percentage, which is only 60. The Warriors only attempted 15 free throws because they didn't draw a whole lot of contact. They're too open on the outside, and they're just taking the shot because that's their game. Uh, Six of nine from Durant from downtown. Five of nine from Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, an incredible seven of nine. I mean, it's just like automatic. I mean, what the hell? Those are, I mean, Clay Thompson shoots threes better than Andrew Wiggins shoots free throws, at least against us. I mean, and yeah, and a lot of times it is like this. Now, of course, people don't average seven of nine from downtown, but it feels like it every time the Wolves play Clay Thompson. Uh, nine of 13 overall from the floor. Just the guy tortures us every time. Uh, Kevin Durant did get a triple double. He managed to get 11 assists because, again, just swinging that ball around to the open man, which was often Steph Curry. Why is he open? Why is Clay Thompson open? Well, I guess that's just their offense. They're able to get up and they're quick on their feet and all that. And, well, you know, this kind of basketball could keep them around longer, which really sucks when you think about it because what did Terry Porter do when he got older? when he wasn't able to drive to the basket like he did in his days with the Portland Trailblazers. What kept Terry Porter going 
with the Spurs in the heat. Catch and shoot threes. That's right. That's what kept him going for a long time. That's why Ray Allen played forever, because he relied more on the catch and shoot three rather than having to drive to the basket all the time. Uh, Durant did what he needed to drive into the basket, but if you're able to hit those catch and shoot threes on this type of clip, these guys might play till they're 38 and still be good at it. So, hmm, this could be a long decade or so. I'm not looking forward to it at all, quite frankly, but I don't know. <laughs> guys get hurt sometimes and guys get bored. That's the one thing. Will these guys get complacent? I wouldn't be surprised. It's kind of ingrained into this generation. Guys get complacent pretty easy, but we'll see. We'll see just how hungry they are. Uh, Michael Jordan was hungry till the day he died pretty much out there on the court. Now, he didn't die, but just say it till he just flat couldn't play anymore because of his age and all that. Even though he kind of could play, he just didn't want to embarrass himself and get too old, like 43 years old, and he's like able to... Uh, hardly able to get up and down the court anymore. So that's kind of what took place with Michael Jordan after his third comeback, which was kind of funny. Uh, but the Warriors did what they did. They won by 13 and it felt like more. It's just, I don't know. Uh, the Wolves were able to hang in there because Carl Anthony Towns had 31 points in a very solid game, staying close to the basket, getting some offensive rebounds, five to be, to be exact, and some putbacks and some aggressive inside uh, offense by Carl Anthony Towns, the all-star for the Timberwolves. So let's 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 read off the all-star rosters here before I forget. I don't really want to forget. That would be disrespectful, wouldn't it? How the hell? Okay. But, yeah, still the coaches select the players, and then Steph Curry and LeBron James, which I guess are the two faces of the NBA these days, are the captains of the all-star team. So it's a draft pool created from the coaches. The coaches select the players, so luckily, like, like, which is how it should be after the fans vote in the starters. Um, and then there's a little draft between Curry and LeBron James. Kind of fun, and obviously these teams are rivals over the years, uh, the last five years or so, four years. Carl Anthony Towns and Mr. Jimmy Butler, of course, selected by the coaches. So I'll read off the names. Team LeBron. LaMarcus Aldrich, Bradley Beal, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, so he likes those Pelicans, that's a nice combination, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant with LeBron, hmm, <laughs> Kyrie Irving with LeBron, huh, Kevin Love with LeBron, okay, yep, and that's cool, Victor Oladipo making his first All-Star game, what a deserving player he has been this year, uh, the, the unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis, John Wall, and of course, Russell Westbrook, interesting, interesting team there. Team Stefan. So you notice neither Timberwolves was selected with LeBron James. Very interesting. The Greek freak Giannis. Yeah, let's just say Giannis. Jimmy Butler with Steph Curry. DeMar DeRozan. Joel Embiid. Joel, Joel Embiid. Draymond Green. Big shocker, right? James Harden. <laughs> That's going to be a rival going into the Western Conference more than likely, unless the Wolves have something to say about that in the second round. Al Horford. Yikes. Why is he in the All-Star game? I, I don't know. He's pretty mediocre, isn't he? Some better players, I think, were passed up in that one. We'll leave that alone for the moment. Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, those guys who can torch anybody. Uh, Clay Thompson, big shocker, right? <laughs> Obviously. And Carl Anthony Towns. So thank you, Steph Curry, for taking both Timberwolves. That's cool. And they're on the same club. So that's going to be fun to watch. Even though I don't like the All-Star game very much, at least there'll be something to see if <laughs> if I'm able to tune, uh, tune into it, do it a work schedule or whatever it is. Um, but, of course, I'd catch up on it and see how Jimmy and Carl did if I'm unable to see it. Uh, and that's basically the only reason to watch it at the end of the day because two Timberwolves are on the roster. Otherwise, I'm not a big All-Star Game fan anymore. Gone are the days of Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal dunking on David Robinson and doing that goofy celebration he did. Uh, that was cool. It was fun. And when it was in San Antonio, it was just basically a bleep you to the Spurs at that moment when he did that, and it was kind of funny, and he drew a lot of boos from the uh, San Antonio faithful there. So, understandable, but it is what it is, and uh, of course, if you read Shaquille O'Neal's book and old stories and such, Shaquille O'Neal was not a fan of David Robinson for many, many years, because back when Shaq was a teenager, he was living in Texas at the time. Uh, of course, he's an army son with his dad. Uh, they, they were He grew up in New York, Newark, New Jersey, but they were in Texas at that time. And he wanted to get an autograph from David Robinson, and he claims that David Robinson basically brushed him off. And Shaq basically was like, when I get in the league, I'm going to kick your ass. That's basically what Shaq said to uh, David Robinson. Uh, I don't know if he actually said it to him, but he mentally said it. And then that was his moment right there to kind of show up David Robinson in the All-Star game of all places in San Antonio. So that was the story behind that. A uh, little bit of reflection there. 
fun conversation. Of course, the starters for the All-Star Game, LeBron James, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So that'll be your starting lineup for Team LeBron, Team Steph, and Steph Curry. Uh, Giannis, uh, yeah, okay, let's just leave that alone. Greek Freak, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, and James Harden. So, of course, pretty good lineups on both sides. Very good benches as well. Victor Oladipo, Christoph Porzingis. The Al Horford one doesn't excite me at all, but it is what it is. So let's just let that go as is. Let's pass out the awards. The Alpha Wolf Award will go to Andrew Wiggins. For this episode, he will still get it because of some spectacular performances and you want to see him continue to do what he does. There we give a honorary Alpha Wolf Award to Jimmy Butler for continuing to motivate and, well, you know, give confidence to Andrew Wiggins. And very cool conversation, wait a man up and say, hey, if you do truly believe somebody has more talent than you, to just come out and say it rather than basically say, I don't know, this and that. Kind of a controversial question at the end of the day. You really want to say you're the most talented player on the team, but at the same time, you know, yeah, uh, yes, no. <laughs> but the way he literally was like, hell no, Wiggs is. So very cool. And you're seeing, uh, you're seeing Andrew Wiggins respond to it nicely after that. The Johnny Flynn Memorial during the course of this week, just generally the defense. I'd have to say perimeter defense. Jeff T had some yucky games. He was awesome in the Clipper game, but other than that, I thought he was pretty yucky most of the week. Looked kind of non-existent out there. Struggled from everywhere. Uh, not very good at leading the offense. Turning the ball over. Looked kind of like a shrinking violet in most of the games down the stretch. So, very frustrating. Jeff Teague's going to get a kind of a lesser, softer Johnny Flynn Memorial for this episode. Andrew Wiggins, Alpha Wolf. We'll come back and preview four games after this. Switch, switch, play some defense, Jiminy Christmas! That was the censored version of, uh, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Jiminy Christmas instead of the other two uh, words there. You can kind of fill in the blank. Four games to preview, second segment, let's go. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves host the Brooklyn Nets. This better be a win this time. Brooklyn Nets 8-30 and 30 on the season, fifth place in Atlanta Division. Saturday the 27th of January, almost done with January already. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, this needs to be a win for the Wolves, of course. Brooklyn Nets, the Wolves lost to Brooklyn by a point. Frickin' Dinwiddie over there kicked our butts, 98-97. Okay, Dinwiddie, you're awesome. You're the best, like, a combo guard, point guard in the NBA. I'm not going to talk crap about you, so now maybe we'll beat you this time. That's what I'm hoping for, I guess. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, two out of their last five. They beat Detroit by a point, so they're good at those close games, I guess. Beat Miami by six. Yeah, they lose to Spur, the Spurs by five. They get beat pretty good by the Knicks, 119-104 most recently. And, of course, lost by a point to Oklahoma. So maybe I talked too soon. Wolves two out of the last five because of Portland and frickin' Golden State. And, of course, that Houston game was utter devastation. Uh, don't think the Wolves are going to be beating Houston or Golden State in the playoffs, but maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. We can always hope. A lot of people didn't think the Cleveland Cavaliers would beat the uh, the Warriors in the finals that year either because the Warriors were stomping that club Christmas Day, the first two games of the finals, this and that. And Okay, enough. Brooklyn Nets, yeah, well, okay, Dinwiddle, Dinwiddie. Okay, I got to stop it. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It just came out wrong, okay? Dinwiddie, you played great, and you're doing a good job, and it's a good story. So God bless you. I know they love you at the courtside as well, and uh, good respect to uh, the courtside podcast. Of course, I'll be getting a major shout-out as we continue uh, deeper into the show, particularly in the third segment, which is fan interaction. 13.4, so Dinwiddie, yes, he's doing a good job. At the point guard position, the team's been struggling. D'Angelo Russell cannot stay healthy. D'Angelo Russell is, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he was good in the little time he played, 15 games in the season. Didn't what he's doing a good job, and I respect what he's able to accomplish. You got the Allen Krabs, you got the Trevor Bookers, you got this and that, but guys, oft injured, Jamie Lynn, still only one game on the season. Rondé Hollis Jefferson has done all right during time, this time as well. Uh, Damari Carroll, again, used to be a major three-point threat off the bench for teams like the Atlanta Hawks and even started some games as well. About 35% from downtown. Certainly not the numbers you saw before. This is a very winnable game, and let's take advantage of things. He lost by one point in Brooklyn, and the Wolves have struggled in Brooklyn pretty much since 
you know, hell froze over uh, twice, or uh, I don't even know what to say. Just pretty much since dinosaurs roamed the earth. We've always struggled in Brooklyn, or at least since they moved there. I don't know why. Uh, whatever. Andrew Wiggins often plays well against Brooklyn, and I would expect Andrew Wiggins to continue his decent scoring tread. Uh, nice rebound from that Warriors game where he struggled mightily. 4 of 18 from the floor. I expect Andrew Wiggins to get back into the 25-point range. I think he will lead the Wolves in scoring unless somebody like Carl or Jimmy Butler goes off for 30-plus in this game. Carl, of course, this is the team that he grew up with. I'm sure he doesn't... I, I, you don't hear him talk about them very much. Of course, they were the New Jersey Nets. He, was from, he is from New York, New Jersey, pardon me, at the end of the day. A la Shaquille O'Neal. So, I don't know. Uh, Carl has had some good games against the Nets in the past. Andrew Wiggins has had some spectacular games against the Nets in the past. I'm expecting the Wolves to win this one by eight points. Let's go with, like, let's step out in good faith. The Wolves will keep the Nets under 100 points this time. Okay, can we please do that? Let's go with a final score of... 105-95, Minnesota keeps the Nets to 95 points. The defense rebounds after getting torched all week. Jimmy, Jimmy, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Did get 30 points last time around. Will Butler return for this game? The hope is yes. Uh, you saw him eating pretzels, smiling, having some fun the other night against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, last night, actually, uh, last night you saw some frustration from everybody. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping Jimmy Butler comes back. Talks are he's pretty much just about back, ready to roll again. But I think the leader will be Ender Wiggins in this game. Let's move forward. I'm taking too long already. Atlanta Hawks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, will head to Atlanta. Wolves' history in Atlanta had been bad until not too long ago. Um, the Hawks stink really bad right now, 14-33. and 33. They're not the playoff team they were for quite a while there. Under, uh, under their coach out of San Antonio there. Uh, the Wolves should win this game, right? I mean, it's a road game and all that, and the Wolves have struggled there, but the Hawks are not good anymore. And, of course, Mike Budenhoser is the name of that. The coach of Atlanta, of course, came out of the San Antonio coaching tree under Greg Popovich. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's had some major success for the Hawks, pretty much since he got there until this year. Of course, players leaving and struggling. And, of course, I love the logo. I love the uh, old meets new jersey. I love it very much. Dennis Strader definitely has, well, the team has pretty much been handed over to him. He's doing a good job in spite of the fact there's not a whole lot of help right now. I mean, Torian Prince, hardly anybody knows who that is. When you see T. Prince, you think Tayshaun Prince. Uh, Luke Babbitt, of course, a cast off from the Wolves of the uh, uh, late first round years ago to over to the Portland Trailblazers and that stupid Markel Webster trade. He makes threes, a little catch and shoot action, but that's about it. Still managing only about 16 minutes a game or so. Uh, John Collins, I mean, these are names that are not household names, folks. I mean, Ken Bazemore, okay, he was good for the Lakers for a little while there. Good rotation guy, but, well, he's making his threes about 38%, but there's not a whole lot to talk about with the Atlanta Hawks, and there's really no excuse for the Wolves to lose this game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the Hawks have won three out of their last four. They beat the Spurs, of course, Budenholzer's last team. They beat the Pelicans. Wow, these are both home games for the Hawks. The Hawks do play well at home, historically. They won all their home games in this, uh, well, all their wins were at home in this stretch. They've had a five-game homestead. They'll head to Charlotte and then host Washington and Minnesota in the coming days. Of course, Charlotte-Washington is a back-to-back, -back, so Charlotte and then over to Washington right away after that. But that's not much of a travel uh, for that. Uh, the Hawks got beat pretty soundly by Toronto, but that's pretty common. Uh, Ricky Rubio's Utah Jazz pounded by 14 from the Hawks, so that's interesting how that turned out. Can't imagine Rubio's all that happy with the Jazz uh, dropping as far as they have this season. But it is what it is, you know? I mean... I can't feel sorry for anybody at this point. This is the first game out of the uh, obvious uh, two-game series with all the Eastern Conference teams. Monday, the 29th of January, the Wolves wrap up the series in Target Center on March the 28th, pretty much the end of March there. This is a, you know, you you, you got to win this game, right? Please, please win this game. I know the Hawks are better on the road or at home and all that. The Wolves' road record has been halfway decent. They're better at home, generally speaking. Uh... I'm going to pick a win for the Wolves. I mean, you have to win this game. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I hope he's back. I, I don't know where to go with this one. Butler, Wiggins, who's going to step up? I expect a nice game out of Todd Gibson. I got a feeling, of course, Jeff Teague coming back to Atlanta. Jeff Teague, I'm looking for him to have a nice 20-point, 10-assist type of game. One of those, maybe get to the free-throw line 
double digits, that type of thing. 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 11 out of 12 from the free throw line. But a 20-point double-digit assist type of game, I believe, from Jeff Teague. I think he'll be the overall best player. It'll be a nice little mano-a-mano with uh, Dennis Schrader, who is the best player on the Hawks, but he's a bit erratic. Uh, Takes a good amount of three-point attempts, but it's... Three-point shooting has not been that good. Uh, certainly awesome at the free-throw line, though. And that's uh, obviously if the Hawks win the game, it's be, be because uh, Dennis Schrader went off. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Or, of course, uh, Kent Bazemore or Torian Prince or even Marco Bellinelli gets hot from the outside. That's the hope for the Hawks. Other than that, the Wolves need to win this game. They're clearly the better team. And that's pretty much the end of the story for me. Uh, the Hawks tend to score points. They, they're inconsistent, hot, cold a bit, but they're scoring only 93 against Toronto. Of course, a good defensive team. Creamed by Chicago. Wow. Uh, Chris Dunn and Jack Levine there. Only 97 points in that one. The Hawks' offense is kind of all over the place. <sighs> Boy. I'm going to go with the final score. Minnesota's going to win this game. It's going to be kind of one of those annoying close games, like 106-105, one of those. And it, it'll kind of come down to the wire. Game-winning shot, game-winning play. Maybe Jeff Teague sinking a couple free throws, something like that. and Or Jimmy Butler drawing a big foul down the stretch if he's available for this game. And I hope he would be by this point. Makes the free throws in that Atlanta unable to capitalize on their final possession. Because that's what teams with this type of record do. They get an opportunity to win the game and they don't get the job done. And that's what the Wolves did often down the stretch during their many years of struggling. So Minnesota wins 106-105. Uh, Jeff Teague will be one of the main reasons the Wolves win the game in my humble opinion, as we want to semi-quickly move on here. We wrap up the month against the Toronto Raptors. Andrew Wiggins returning home again on the 30th of January. This is a back-to-back situation. This reeks of a loss. Uh, I don't think the Wolves are going to beat the Toronto Raptors on the road. Uh, The Wolves have always struggled in Toronto. The Wolves have always struggled in Atlanta. I mean, I I hope this isn't a little two-game losing streak here between these two. Minnesota comes and starts the month of February with Milwaukee in a second with a different coach and a strange situation going on there. Uh, I don't think the Wolves win this game, bottom line. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolves don't get to 100 points. Maybe maybe they will. Kyle Lowry, I think, is too much. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan has been spectacular at home, generally speaking. Uh, Toronto is three out of their last five. They've beaten Detroit. They've beaten the Spurs. They've beaten the Hawks recently. Of course, they lost to Minnesota and Philadelphia during the five-game stretch. Both cases giving up quite a bit of points, 117 to Philly, 115 to Minnesota. Toronto generally likes to keep teams under 100 points. They generally do. The defense is pretty sound there in Toronto, but they have a couple of icky games like the Wolves won and Philadelphia. I kind of think we're going to get into the low 100s in this game, but I think Toronto's going to be too much. I expect just scorching the net. Of course, DeMar DeRozan attack in the basket, but Kyle Lowry's going to continue his tear from downtown. He's shooting about 40%. And Kyle Lowry certainly has been on a bit of a revenge tour here when it comes to the Wolves passing on him. At least that's what I'm getting from it. And of course, the defense from Jeff Teague, non-existent. I expect uh, not a good game from Teague. I expect a very solid game from Wiggins. Hopefully upper 20s, low 30s. He will lead the Wolves in scoring again. I hope. (laughs) I think he can. I believe it. I'm expecting a 29-ish point game from Andrew Wiggins. Kyle Lowry, though, he's going to get in the mid to upper 30s, I think. DeMar DeRozan's probably going to reach... Upper 20s, low 30s as well, and it's going to be too much. Toronto's going to win the game. Final score, 113-108. Toronto will win the game. I might even go with 113-100, something like that. I Yeah, I'm going to go with 113-100. I don't feel good going into this one, especially on a back-to-back. And Thibodeau's uh, notorious for the minutes, but then again, he has been opening the bench a teeny tiny bit more. You're seeing a little more out of Shabazz, and uh, Marcus George's hunt continues to get minutes as well. So, Interesting. Interesting. And of course, we just recently reviewed that game, so I don't need to talk about this, uh, the comparison and all that, and the season series. Uh, Hopefully the Wolves can sweep Toronto this year, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't think that's where things are going to go. So let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Jason Kidless Milwaukee Bucks, but still the Ever-talented Bucks. Uh, they make their shots. They get close to the basket, about 48%. They're third in the league in that category, right in the middle in overall offense. Three-point percentage, they're really bad uh, compared to other teams anyway. Rebounding, they're not good. The Wolves should win this game. Uh, we struggled against them earlier this season, which is really annoying. Drove me absolutely nuts. This is in Target Center February the 1st. We open up the new month and all that good stuff, and the sunlight continues to... Uh, 
grow. Of course, the sun rises earlier and sets later. I love this time of year when you get more and more and more and more sunlight. You feel a little more energy every day because of it, as long as there is sunlight and there isn't clouds (laughs) covering. (laughs) That's what's nice about February. The sunlight explodes. Uh, The Wolves were starting well against the Bucks back on the 28th, and then things did not finish well. 102-96. Minnesota, I think, will gain a split in this series, and I think Toronto will gain a split in the the series the previous uh, night there against the Toronto Raptors. The Greek freak, we know him well, of course. Almost 30 points a game, about 10 rebounds. He's averaging a double-double on the season. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns is as well. Uh, Chris Middleton has been really, really solid all season as well. He stayed healthier than anybody else on the roster. Other than Thon Maker, he's the only guy on the roster that has been out there every night. Thon Maker has, again, I, I keep I keep saying it, he's got that Garnett model to his game. You got Gary Payton the second, which is kind of funny. Not quite as good as Alfred Payton. He struggled during the course of time, trying to get minutes, but not getting a whole lot. Jason Terry, a relic from the past in this league. Um, some wonderful seasons over the years with Atlanta, Dallas, and such. Uh, his best years were definitely with the Hawks, but that team wasn't very good. Uh, Matthew Delladova, again, you're getting off injured players on this roster, unfortunately. You're still not seeing Jabari Parker, which is really sad. Um, you, you, you keep wanting to see him, and he's still not back, and it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan in terms of just... You know, you want to see him succeed. You feel bad for a guy that's gotten two ACLs to that left knee, and it sucks. Uh, most recent game, the Phoenix Suns, uh, the the Bucks beat the Suns by four points. Jason Kidd fired right after that. Uh, Washington, actually that was after the Philly game, they fired Kidd. And then the, the Bucks beat the Suns at home. They beat Washington by nine points, but other than that, they lose to Miami pretty badly. Lose to Miami again in a closer game. Only 79 points in Miami, though, the night before. That Sixers game, terrible. Uh, 22-point loss to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is good, but they're not that good. They're only like a 500 team, about the same record as the Bucks. So, seriously, like, no excuses there. Um, I do expect the Wolves to win the game. Uh, Eric Bledsoe was deadly last time around. Kicked our butts. He'd just pretty much gotten there. Now he's got 36 games in hand on the season, about 18 points a game. Eric Bledsoe, definitely a threat. Obviously, the Greek freak is what he is. I always like to see what Thonmaker can do out there. Still not providing a whole lot, but again, he's got a little, you know, he's he's got time. He's still super young. It's only his second year. He's like, what, 20 years old, 21 years old, and a little bulking up to do. Um, so we'll see what happens with, uh, with uh, Thonmaker and such. I think the Wolves will win the game. It's going to be a little bit better. 108-100, I think. Leading scorer for this one, Carl Anthony Towns, I think will take it to the Bucks uh, inside game. Um, for me, there's no excuse the Wolves to, for the Wolves to lose this game. You have a couple guys who can hit from the outside, like Tony Snell. Uh, uh, Chris Middleton can hit uh, sometimes Bledsoe, sometimes not. He's hot and cold from downtown. Brogdon, obviously a decent player from downtown as well about 40%. Uh, but again, I think the Wolves win by 8, and the leading scorer will be Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's going to get upper 20s. I expect to see something like a 16-rebound type performance against this club, maybe even a 20-20 out of Carl. But he will be the best player in this game, and the Wolves will roll over the Bucks at least by 8. And the Minnesota Timberwolves will finish <clears throat> this week with a 3-1 and record. Um, the Timberwolves have been playing so well, there's no reason for me to think they're going to split this week. So... That's pretty much where I stand. Uh, you saw a lot of even uh, performances out of Butler, Towns, and Wiggins. Hopefully Wiggins can get into those 20s again. But for me, it's Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's going to have a big, big night against the Bucks, in my humble opinion. So that's pretty much where I stand with this right now. 3-1 and one record. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Get to you guys on Fan Interaction right after this. back here on Timberwolves Explosion Fan Interaction segment, segment number three. Let's get to it right away. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. <clears throat> there was a question asked by Leland about what will the Wolves do as we head towards the trade deadline and such. A lot of people seem to think that the Wolves will stand pat this and that because Tom Thibodeau doesn't uh, tend to 
make big moves this time of year. Uh, Brandon Shex, Brandon Shex says, uh, Kemba Walker, get Teague out of here. Uh, that's what he'd like to see happen. Um, so we'll continue here. A lot of people agreeing with what uh, John Mayer said, basically that Thibodeau won't do anything that's in that. Uh, and that that's just Thibodeau's style, and that the Wolves don't really need to do anything. I, I'm not against standing pat. Obviously, the team is doing a great job. So I was just throwing out Nerlens Noel's name because it's a possibility at some point. Who knows? Um, but I would hate to see Gorgie Zhang go because that's pretty much where things would have to head in that direction. You can't keep all three, uh, you know, Taj Gibson, Gorgie Zhang, and Nerlens Noel on the roster. So somebody would have to go in that trade, of course, just to obviously even out the roster. Uh, Tanae Brown. Levi Brown and Vince Germano all retweeted the most recent show. Thank you very much. I was saying all the hundreds are back. Um, I was asking a question about, like, what's going on with the jerseys, the home away thing. I was saying, why is the NBA suddenly becoming road white? This is weird. The home teams are always wearing the darker jerseys now. Is this permanent? Anyone? Anyone? Is like, is this like hockey in the NFL, or what's the deal? Vince Germano says, not sure what's going on, mate. And, of course, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. There's some others here, and I'm not understanding where they went. That's kind of weird. I saw them, and it's not showing them. That's irritating. Uh, I believe the other one was, yeah, but Sine Brown saying, Wolves are wearing the green jersey six times at home this year. I think they wear them on Saturdays. Yeah, and it seems to be the case. Uh, Tanae says, I wonder what. I wonder if it's something to do with Nike having the jerseys right now. And, yes, that is pretty much what turned out as uh, Mr. Tanae posting the link here from SB Nation <clears throat> as... I was saying earlier as such, it's more of like uh, ever since teams went to Nike, all that, the whole uh, jerseys, that the uh, the NBA is ditching the traditional home and away uniform. So basically, and, and now with the possible four different jerseys and all that, uh, you got, of course, the Wolves, uh, the white jerseys, which some people say looks like a sailor's wife uniform. That's what Marcus of Forecaster said. Then you got the navy blue ones, which is also navy colors, but I like it. And, of course, the Aurora Borealis. What'll be what'll be the third jersey? Will it be black? Will it be gray? Will it be this? Will it be that? I believe it's going to be gray, which isn't that exciting. Um, Lakers, or excuse me, Vince Germano says, Why mess with tradition? Sucks. Today says, I'm, I'm assuming it would be to do with marketing for Nike. Otherwise, it doesn't really make sense. And Vince Germano says, I hear you, mate. Always comes down to coins with these massive companies. And, yes, it does. Uh... I was saying I can't say I'm a fan of the idea, but that's the NBA these days. They do a lot of things I don't like. Yeah. So that's the Twitter account again, at Wolves Explosion, because Timberwolves Explosion does not fit. So that's pretty much the way to go there. We'll give a quick shout out to Flips Army, the Flips Army page on Facebook. Look that up in game threads, post game conversation. Any type of NBA talk, this and that. Oh, look at this Carl Anthony Towns jersey I got. All that kind of stuff. So it kind of is a very fun page to join indeed. And a lot of you have joined it, continue to join it. Uh, Trevor Wickerin, the founder of that page, kind enough to allow me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on that page. So I'm much obliged to give a shout out and encourage you to join it. So now the Timberwolves Explosion Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion because this time it does fit. All this information will be in the show description as we continue semi-quickly here. Uh, see if there's any comments on the most recent post. Nope. So now we move on. I was saying Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns selected as All-Star Reserves. Finally, somebody's in there again. No comments, but there'll be something else somewhere. Visitor posts. Let's quickly move over there. There will be a few. Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast says, If possible, mate, could you give us a review of Marcus George's hunt? Dextro, please. Yes, sir. Well... To me, he does not flash. He does not stand out, but he doesn't hurt you. Uh, his defense is okay. His shooting is adequate. He's got some athleticism. Uh, he's a bit multifaceted, but again, he doesn't really stand out. He, who, who do you compare him to? Like a Damian Wilkins with more muscle? A, I know, some of you might be laughing at that. Some of you might think that's a good comparison. A more reserved Shabazz Muhammad. A, uh, what was the guy that Wolves had on the roster not that long ago. Glenn Robinson Jr., kind of like him, but better. Like a better Glenn Robinson Jr., I believe that's what we had. You know, where nothing really stands out, but he's okay at this, okay at that. He's good enough to be on an NBA roster, that type of thing, but again, does he flash? No. Uh, nothing really stands out about him that I'm like, wow. But again, he doesn't get you hurt, and he belongs. It's, it's like that. He's He's not missing easy layups. He's not getting 
his ass kicked defensively. He's not taking stupid shots. He's not tr- dribbling off his foot. So he's just okay. That's kind of what I, that's my review of Marcus George's hunt. Uh, is that okay from my assessment? I'm good at assessing players, generally speaking, and that's kind of what I've seen on him so far. Uh, again, to me, he looks like an NBA player, but a rotation player, and that's about it. Um, he deserves minutes, but not major minutes. If he's starting for you, I think you're in trouble. He would be kind of one of the. He'd be one of those guys who gets, you know, if if, if he starts, he'd be kind of like what you get, what you're getting on the Hawks, Bucks right now, where a guy might be getting eight points, five rebounds, three, four, four rebounds, this type of thing. Maybe five, six rebounds, a few free throws, halfway decent field goal percentage. If he stays close to the basket, I think he's all right. But again, he's not. He's he's not. He doesn't have blazing speed. He doesn't have like leap out of the gym athleticism. But he's athletic enough to belong in the league. Absolutely. Uh, he doesn't look like, you know, <laughs> Mayor's Leonard out there either. He's not just a just a nobody. So he he's got some talent, obviously. So continue. Vince Germano, I appreciate this contribution. This is a, I love these kind of questions. This is fun. I, I like sitting down and analyzing individual players. Thank you for that, Vince. Again, Courtside Podcast, a fantastic show. I'll continue to give that a shout out forever on this, uh, the sportsstuff.com. No, on the, they have their own uh, network forming there, the Courtside Network uh, on iTunes. Do check out the show. All the shows are on iTunes and, of course, Podbean also. There will be premium shows on there. All the free shows, as we call them. Free shows are always there. But then there's the, the one-year subscription, $20 a year for premium shows on Podbean. Podbean is available on all smart devices. And, of course, iTunes is only Apple. But it is what it is. And, of course, Double Twist mirrors iTunes for Apple. That's why I always talk about Double Twist on this show. Because everything that's on iTunes is on Double Twist. So, Tim Rolls Explosion, Purple Mafia, Brave the Wild, Courtside Podcast is on Double Twist. If it's on iTunes, it's on Double Twist. It's the whole uh, RSS feed connects to iTunes and you're good to go. And you don't have to do anything. Just download it and look up the show, subscribe, and bada bing, bada boom. Doesn't cost you a penny for a Double Twist. So that's why I talk about Double Twist all the time for Android devices. Vince Germano continues with a new one here. Question for you, mate. Let's say these reports of Kawhi Leonard wanting out of San Antonio are true. Would you give up Wiggins and Jang to get him? Cheers and keep up the great shows. And thank you very much. And keep up the great shows as well with the Courtside Podcast. Well, regarding Kawhi Leonard, if if he could stay healthy, which apparently is becoming an issue all of a sudden, but we'll see. I was saying absolutely because if Kawhi Leonard, because Kawhi Leonard is a franchise-changing player when healthy. I mean, Andrew Wiggins had a nice week, but then he had four of eighteen against Golden State. Kawhi Leonard last year, time and time again, and yes, it's last year, this and that, but he's young enough where it doesn't matter. This isn't the NFL where me and Vince had a conversation about the Vikings where he kept saying, oh, they'll be back next year. They'll be right in it next year. The NFL doesn't always work that way. Uh, When you lose a conference final game or a Super Bowl, even if you win it, the odds of coming back the next year with a similar or improved season are very slim. In the NBA, you could have a 10-year window in the NBA as long as players don't get complacent or injured. At the same time, though, again, again, there's always possibilities of guys getting injured regardless of how exciting the year can be. Just talk about the, just look at the Oklahoma City Thunder with Durant and Westbrook for years there. Great season, here we come, broken hand. Here we come again, broken ankle. Here we come again, out. Out this, out that. And it was really annoying. Um, knee injury, this and that. So that's what kept happening to the Thunder. And then they got, they finally stayed healthy. They went to game seven when they were up three games to one against the Warriors. And they did what they did. They peed down their leg just like the Vikings in that one. But again, with Kawhi Leonard, I think you have a sustained period of greatness with him. He still has, he's still extremely young, still has a long career ahead of him. He's not as young as he was, and he's not as young as Wiggins. Could that be? A bad trade? Possibly. Possibly. But right now, Kawhi Leonard is a sure thing. Andrew, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Kawhi Leonard for sure is a great defensive player and for sure is a great offensive player. He's, He's exactly what you want Wiggins to become. Kawhi Leonard is the model of what you're hoping Andrew Wiggins will become in this league. Yes, I would make the trade. I would hate to see uh, Gorgie Zango, but I suppose you can make other trades or free agency to bring in another uh, power forward in the offseason or around the trade deadline, Maryland's Noel, this and that. That would be a fascinating trade if the Wolves are able to pull that off. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler, interesting combination. I'm not sure how that would work. It would work, I suppose, because it's working kind of, sort of, right now as well. Not sure what would happen, but... 
if the chemistry was able to gel with Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, well, get your parade routes ready. <laughs> as long as guys stay healthy, this team could beat the Warriors with Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, Jimmy Butler. I think they could beat the Warriors. I do. And the ultimate goal is to win a championship. Um, can Andrew Wiggins turn into Kawhi Leonard someday? It's possible, but uh, not yet. Uh, we don't see it yet. We're not seeing the signs of that just yet. Now the final comment on the Facebook page from Vince Germano. Fantastic contribution this week. You get a platinum-laced gold star for this week, uh, Vince Germano. Of course, Tene Brown, always a good contributor as well. An interesting conversation with the whole uh, Nike and the NBA uh, jersey situation there. Four jerseys per team. Very interesting. I did like what Golden State had last night. That was cool. You know what? Good uniforms. You know, I did not like those red striped uniforms. You know, obviously they're the gold color with the blue, kind of a darker blue, not the uh, not the classic royal blue that the Warriors have. Generally, on their older uh, older slash old meets new uniforms of the city, this and that. But uh, yeah, it was a darker blue with the kind of a with the obviously like red stripes, red kind of lacing, whatever, on, on the jerseys back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I didn't like those, but these I did. These were good. They did a hell of a job on them, I, I think. So, well done. Continue. Final comment of the show from Vince Germano says, love what Wiggins is producing with Butler out. Kind of makes me think I'm on the right track with the Butler effect. Yeah, because um, there's two sides of it, of course. Is Butler stunting Wiggins, this and that. Then there's the other side is Butler motivating Wiggins. I, I think yes, because you're seeing better defense out of Wiggins. You saw a spectacular block, of course, a LeBron James-style block during the course of this week as well, off the glass against the Clippers. That was awesome. Awesome in that 40-point game. He had a LeBron James-type performance to Andrew Wiggins. I uh, want to see him continue to bulk up and such. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard bulked up and look at him, that type of situation. Uh, fascinating conversation there. Uh, I, I like what Butler has done in terms of motivating Wiggins and, and getting him stronger. But, of course, again, taking the ball away, this and that, taking the ball out of Wiggins' hands tends to change things. Wiggins, just stop being a shrinking violet. Continue those spin moves. Continue attacking the basket. Just because Butler's on the court does not mean you can't do that. It's not against the rules. And if it is, what the hell are you doing out there, Coach Thibodeau and Butler? If that is what's happening, whoa. But I truly doubt that. Um Butler just basically said, here's the ball and go. I'm out. Go ahead. Go out there and lead the offense. And that's kind of what Butler said. I don't think Butler's really taking the ball away from Wiggins as much as uh, some may think, but possibly. So great conversation, Vince Germano, though. Absolutely love everything you're saying here. Um, there Again, there's two sides to the Butler effect. There's the motivation, the experience, the stronger defense, this and that. The stop being a shrinking violet, start showing some heart, uh, some strength, don't be scared. Don't be sad. Don't be this, that. <laughs> don't be down on yourself. And that's what Butler does bring. But then again, of course, some guys may be afraid to take too many shots because Butler's there, this, that. And Butler's taking too many shots. But Butler has done a hell of a job, I believe, with this team. So the title of this show is Butler's Blessing because Butler did pass the blessing on to uh, Andrew Wiggins. So there it is. Thank you again for joining the show. Get to the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It is a voicemail, so it's a three-minute limit, this and that. The Call Now button is on the Facebook page. It goes through the same phone line. So as long as you're on some type of data or internet connection, you'll get through. No long distance, this and that. Of course, long distance has become a thing of the past. It goes through uh, Facebook Messenger. So a lot of you talk to people overseas or long distance through Facebook Messenger. So it's the same thing. No problem there. And the final route to join is the audio submission, which Tanae Brown has done. And there's no limit to that one. Though some people, I prefer to keep it to five, but then again, a, a lot of you have a green light to go longer, particularly on a State of the Timberwolves type of show, or if the Wolves are in the playoffs, or NBA Finals, this and that. Um, audio Submissioner is using the free voice recorder on your smart device. Voice recorder on Samsung, this and that. Apple, There's it's already on every phone. Use it, treat it like a phone call, and then email me, you know, save it, of course. Email me, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then I will con uh, quickly convert it over to an MP3 file from zamzar.com. Bada bing, bada boom, you're on the show with me. And greatly appreciated. Final thing is, please give Timberwolves Explosion a positive rating on iTunes. If you like the show, Help out a little bit by doing that. It only makes the show look more attractive to potential new listeners out there. And again, thank you so much for 
joining. So uh, obviously you're comparing this show to other Timberwolves shows out there. So if if it's got decent ratings, people may be more inclined to listen. If there's almost nothing there, then, well, you know, people might think, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So this is obviously the oldest Timberwolves podcast. This is the oldest, and I still feel it's the best. Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. Oldest, longest, uh, tenured, all that. Thank you again. Please do tell your friends about the show if you could. And I wish all of you a good week and another positive week for the Timberwolves. Stay healthy. Jimmy Butler, come back. Get ready to rock and roll and kick some butt this week in a three-in-one week at the bare minimum, I hope.